Welcome to the Frontline Conversations podcast, a platform that discusses issues around public policy and current affairs. We can't wait to share insights that matter to you. Are you ready to have the conversation? This is Frontline Conversations. Welcome to another episode of Frontline Conversations. Today we have Mr. Heman Mashaba, who's the leader of Action SA. We'll be chatting to him about this uh, newly formed political party and what it is about. Uh, Mr. Mashaba, welcome to Frontline Conversations. Thank you very much, uh, fellow South Africans, uh, for giving me this platform, but really to engage on really very important subject uh, matter that um, our country is uh, really facing. And I personally believe the only way we we can get out of this mess we're in is to engage. And I'm really grateful uh, for this opportunity. We are also grateful for you uh, granting us this opportunity. So to start things off, uh, could you please tell, tell us about Action SA and what the motivation was for starting this uh, political party, or if you call it that, or it's still a, an organization. Also give us an overview of what uh, the status is of your registration as a political party. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Calvin. Uh, without obviously going to uh, down the memory lane, I think it's important for people to really understand because I don't know how far your followers uh, are away or you, the three, are away of uh, the, um, the the actual birth of Action SA as a political party already registered. Remember, we got registered as a political party just before Christmas. The whole project started with the launch of the People's Dialogue on the 6th of December 2019. After I announced my resignation from the DA and the, as an executive mayor of the city of Johannesburg, massive outcry from civil society through various platforms, social media, rape people phoning radio stations asking me to start my own political party. But then my sense was, uh, how does one start a political party? Uh, these real people, what are the numbers? I do not obviously really have uh, that. I then approached my family to say, look, uh, it looks like I've got a crisis on my hands. Um, I don't want to be associated with the DA any longer. And uh, therefore, I, I had no choice than to resign from the mayorship of the city of Johannesburg because I was saving on that uh, behalf. So. Then um, put together a plan uh, to engage South Africans, uh, what are called CODESA. You remember the CODESA pre-1994 where politicians uh, actually negotiated the peaceful transition um, to democracy uh, in 1994. But you fast forward this to 26 years later, this democracy has actually benefited the politicians. So what this actually says to us that um, politicians actually negotiated a good deal for themselves. So this time around, I said, uh, you know what, a civil society, let's get civil society to negotiate uh, and uh, engage on the type of South Africa they want. And that's what the People's Dialogue was all about. And uh, lucky, my family was happy to uh, really say, to put the money to, um, towards ensuring that we run a successful com uh, campaign, which we launched on the 6th of December to run until the end of um, 
uh, February of 2020. And I remember quite well when I approached my family for funding was that if I get half a million um, uh, uh, people actually giving me the mandate, physical people, real people, scientific numbers, <coughs> number based on the total population of South Africa will be a, a reasonable number to start a political party. But all, not only to get the numbers, was also to uh, uh, to ensure that uh, South Africans, uh, these people who would want me to start a political party, do I share the same values with them? Because uh, the reason of my resignation from the DA, I discovered when I was inside the DA, that the DA and I, we don't share the same values. All along voting for the DA, I thought uh, the DA and I share the same values in terms of uh, the advancement of all South Africans. Uh, I thought uh, ANC, the DA was committed to unseating the ANC. I thought um, us as black people, we, 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 we meant something to, uh, to, uh, to the DA. And uh, three years of uh, working with the DA, I mean, all these fights, uh, and uh, I just, they were becoming unbearable. And obviously they were insulting me, realizing that I left my successful business uh, career to join the DA because I believed in, in what they preached. But then one thing that my grandfather taught me was to always say, my son, please always in your life, train your brain, to ensure that you believe what people do than what they say, but yeah. give them a chance. And I think this really, uh, for me, they demonstrated to me to be the party that preaches one thing, but uh, promotes uh, 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 and would leave something else. And I decided to disassociate myself with the party that I felt was racist. So all the time before joining them, yeah, I used to defend them because of what they were preaching to say uh, that no, we, this is a non-racial committed uh, political party and so forth. So I wanted to make sure with the people's dialogue that we I must agree with people who are asking me to start a political party that we are sure of um, certain core values that I stand for, which are for me are not negotiable. So the launch of the party was precisely to achieve two things. As I say, firstly, to, uh, do I have the numbers? Secondly, do South Africans and I uh, share the same values? Okay. okay. I was totally surprised. I was totally surprised uh, at the end of um, the three months of running the People's Dialogue um, that we received five times the number of people I expected. 2.4 million South Africans uh, gave us the mandate to start the political party. Of the 2.4 million South Africans, 165,000 of them gave us comprehensive uh, turnaround strategies of, of, of the country. And we agreed on the seven core values, non-negotiable. I'm happy to take you through those core values of what this uh, party stands for. Uh, before, before we go to that, um, you, you just outlined that some of the successes you've had in, in the three months or the short time that uh, you've been in existence. Can you maybe take us through some of the challenges that you've had in establishing the party and getting it to where it is today? Well, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, look at uh, COVID just hit us. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, for me, COVID was such a blessing because um, um, uh, the restrictions uh, made us actually think out of the box. 
because the way one was going to really run the 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 the, 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 the people's dialogue was to obviously really use um, the, the social media platform and technology but also at the same time if you look at actually in the beginning before the lockdown i used to have um house meetings uh, like get you to invite 20, 30 friends that come and uh, engage with you so that we have that interaction. I always made sure that I don't have more than 30 people because I wanted to make sure that there's serious engagement. And I was not the only one. I had my friends or my colleagues also actually doing the, the same thing. But all of a sudden, uh, COVID-19 hit us and the way, uh, the, the way um, restrictions. And I think, you know, for me, uh, I really look at it in reflection and want to really be honest uh, was the uh, fact that COVID-19 made us to really be clever, to think after the box. And it saved us millions because we now took advantage of taking, uh, of using social media to engage South Africans and saved us enormously because one of the plans I had uh, before COVID was that we are going to get uh, offices and employ people and so forth. Today, up to right now, I work uh, from my home. I just finished a um, very successful staff meeting uh, through Zoom. Yesterday, we had, you know, uh, the, you know I engage uh, South Africans. Uh, you can see on a daily basis, we dominate uh, the media space beyond social media and mainstream. I'm on television, I'm on radio every single day, operating from here, from the comfort of my study at home. I don't need to, to really to have an office. My entire team operate on, on, on those bases. People are under impression with a party with millions of people working for us. In the meantime, yes, we've got people, millions of people behind us. We've got 160 registered volunteers who are doing fantastic, unbelievable sterling work on, on, uh, on, the, on the ground. And um, they really the major challenge that we also encountered was, uh, we took us by surprise, but I think also be, ended up uh, being a, an opportunity. We remember we launched the party on the 29th of August uh, last year um, uh, through virtual platform. And then uh, a week or two later, we then went to go and register the political party with the IEC. And luckily for us, strategically, we decided uh, not to register with the IEC before the actual launch, because so we did not really trust uh, the, uh, the IEC not to uh, to, to unveiling our identity before us. So we said, no, we're going to launch anyway, because we had already done our studies, uh, including scientific uh, registration of our, of our logos and everything. So we, we had no doubt, but we were surprised uh, two weeks later, um, uh, I see writing us a letter, a very cold letter that uh, they're rejecting our, <laughs> our registration. I mean, this whole matter, I mean, the day when I received, I remember it was on a Monday, uh, uh, I had to leave for Mashishing in, in, in Pumalanga. And I, I was very angry. And I said to my team, let we, we're going to respond to this immediately, less South Africans know, because we're a public institution, we are a public political party. Uh, because some of my colleagues were saying, no, let's engage them privately. Maybe they don't know what they're doing. I said, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care whether they meant well or not. My view is that uh, 
I can guarantee you there's no good faith in the in this whole thing. So I'm going to treat it as such. You know, and I immediately issued a press statement uh, to tell South Africans uh, that uh, IEC has rejected um, our, um, our registration. But uh, here we are, a um, few months later, just before Christmas, we received um, the good news um, that we, we, are, we are registered um, as a political party. We right now busy with the preparations uh, for the 2021 local government elections, but already um, um, there's some uh, the people in the, 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 the wanting to postpone these elections from the ANC and the EFF. We will deal with that as a separate matter. But at the end of the day, I'm used to life. You know, my, I always tell people about my grandfather because I lost my father at the age of two. So the, the main figure in my life was my grandfather. <laughs> Can you guys be on uh, mute because it looks yeah. like I, I think she, she has gone. Yeah, she, she's on mute now. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, one thing that my grandfather told me because uh, I lost my father at uh, age of two, and I meant so much to this um, this old man, and uh, there's uh, so much wisdom that I got from him. Uh, to teach me to really be able to identify when someone is negotiating in bad faith, you know. So uh, basically for me, uh, uh, the, the IEC matter took it as, as bad faith. This whole issue of uh, people uh, talking about raising the issue of the postponement of, uh, of the election has got nothing to do with the future of the country and the success of the country. It's got to do with the fear to face the next elections. So it's for that reason that uh, we will deal with this matter. I've already made the pronouncement about anyone actually would ever think of uh, postponing these elections will see them in a court of law because they will compromise uh, the constitutional um, uh, constitutionality of our country. We cannot afford to really create a constitutional crisis for our country. Yeah, if I could just come in. Uh, thanks, uh, Mr. Ma Mr. Herman Mashaba. Uh, Zamogwa K. Somitaba is my name. I'm responsible for research and political advisor, political risk advisory at Frontline Africa. Now, let's just get to um, the meat of this conversation. And thank you very much for that rich background. Some people, um, either wrongly or rightly, have accused uh, Action SA, and in particular yourself, of being Black DA, quote unquote. <laughs> what is it that distinguishes your party from other political players on South Africa's landscape? I mean, you spoke about some uh, core values. Uh, could you kindly take us through those? Uh, what is it that distinguishes your party from other political parties in the country? Okay, I think, uh, yeah, well, obviously then this gives me an opportunity to really share with you the non-negotiable seven core values. And obviously you can visit our website for expansion of and elaboration of this. The first one is actually we're a party that stands for non-racialism. Uh, this matter is not negotiable for us. I always say to people, and, I, and I'm saying this with absolute uh, humility, not uh, of arrogance, to say if, if you are looking for a racial party, please go somewhere else. Um, uh, we, I'm happy to really lose your vote. We stand for a non-racial South, uh, South Africa. But for us to achieve a non-racial South Africa leads me to the second core value of um, 
We believe in free market economy where the business sector is the one to actually drive the economy because there's no way you're going to uh, to, uh, to, to uh, create an, a non-racial society in a dysfunctional economy. Uh, you know, economic growth is what's going to get uh, people to, to actually unite. And this then leads to the third one around uh, social justice. I live today in a country that makes me uh, ashamed of myself as a country. We are known worldwide to be the most unequal society in the world. Pre-1994, Gordon West, after 1994, you know, the, uh, the World Bank just did a study a few years, about a few years ago, that South Africa is more unequal now than it was uh, the, the, before 1994. And these are things that I said to myself, my goodness, uh, I, I look at myself uh, as, as an example. I was born in, in poverty, losing my father at the age of uh, two. I was raised in a child-headed household. My mother only had uh, her own house at the age of 64 when I bought a house uh, in 1986. So from the time I was born until I bought my own house in Harangua in 1986, I'd never had a home of my own. My mother from the time she, she got married uh, to my father uh, in 1944, whatever time, until um, uh, 1986, to buy a own home with a title deed. You know, because my father died before she could build a, a, a house. And my mother was just really a, a ordinary uh, a, a domestic uh, worker because after my father's passing, uh, she had to go and work. And the only work she could do was to, to, to come here in Johannesburg, clean white homes and, um, and look after white children. By the time I woke up in this world, uh, I was with my sisters. Uh, my elder sister, who's 13 years my senior, was the one responsible for bringing me up, uh, living in different houses from time to time, family hope, uh, members so would really be in Jobek or so. They'll have a house and uh, will be there a few years. And then, uh, then unfortunately, when they come back, they needed the house. Uh, then we left to go and live somewhere else, including I spent most of my youth uh, in a tin house. Why? Because we used to call it a tin house, two room, not two bedroom uh, house. That's where I spent uh, majority of my youth, a uh, big part of, of my youth. So social justice for me is something that I stand for. Now I live for the last uh, 30, almost 40 years of my business career. I live now in, 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 in Senton. Do I have to feel guilty about it? I feel guilty, but I'm saying no. I should not really correct this by going to really live in an in the squatter camp, what they call informal settlement. What I can do is to ensure that South Africans are given an opportunity to climb up the ladder. So that's really what we need to do in terms of social justice. And and majority of South Africans are, are, are agreed with that. With, with social justice it is non-negotiable. Standing for poor for, for poor people, for me, it's a reason why it, uh, I'm in this business. I'm not in business um, uh, to a large extent for the three of you. Not that I think you're not, uh, you know, I'm saying is uh, I know you guys can take care of yourself, but we've got to take care of the, the most vulnerable, the ones who've deprived uh, good education and so forth. So that uh, 15, 20 years down the line, 
we want to see South Africa having the biggest percentage of our population being in, in, the, in, in the middle class. And this is not something that's going to really happen uh, by, by chance. So that's why social justice is, is important. We want to see the rule of law. I cannot really see. I mean, this morning, six o'clock, um, obviously from last night, but every morning, uh, you know, for some reason, just before six o'clock, I'm up and uh, listen to, uh, to, 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 to the news. And uh, the issue that's coming out and deeply hurting is the, uh, the Houghton government of 430 million rands uh, basically stolen. The stocks uh, just really stole 430 million rands. That's why they are unable to, to, open, uh, to open up our, our schools. And they're using COSAS um, uh, to divert our attention from the looting. As a mayor of the city of Johannesburg, the three years as a mayor, uncovered the 34 billion rands of corruption. And some of these cases are, are so, as, as clear as they lie. And for us as South Africans, uh, we watch this movie where there are no consequences because uh, we've compromised um, our criminal justice system. So we want to really see the rule of law that uh, uh, we need to reestablish the, the, the scorpions with more powers, less political interference. Um, uh, they must be able to prosecute without any fear or favor. We want uh, the education revolution. I don't know if you guys are aware that 80% uh, of our public schools in this country are dysfunctional. And the reason why they are dysfunctional, uh, look at Houghton alone, just uh, stole 430 million rands. Uh, that should have built schools and ensure that our kids can go back to school um, and, and get the, the right type of uh, uh, education. We have an education that has been run by SACTU. Uh, only interested um, in, in the, own, uh, the advancement of their own political uh, uh, interest than actually saving so society. We have to ensure that um, our economic policies, our education policies, no political, no labor organization will have a veto on, on those issues. So that um, we must bring back uh, school inspectors. I grew up and studied in an environment where there were school inspectors. They will come unannounced. If a principal does not do what he's supposed to do or she's supposed to do, they're, they're out. We've got to reestablish this. The principals of schools were not uh, elected uh, by, by trade unions. They were appointed by government. Today, uh, uh, in our environment, in public schools, principals um, are uh, appointed by SATU. For you to really get a job uh, as a, as a, as a, in, in schools, including uh, particularly women, we know of uh, sex for jobs in the school environment. You can imagine you do something like this to, to our women. We have, today we've got this uh, gender-based violence. Uh, when we know uh, that engines are sitting with, with, with the report, supposed to have released that report some year, many years ago, where the, the job, the, they were selling jobs for teachers, including actually the abusing our women to get jobs in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in certain schools and so forth. Uh, the, uh, has to really be part of the package. I don't want to live in a society like, like this. So we need to ensure that uh, we, we invest in our education, including actually ex uh, making sure that every child born in this country has got to get uh, 
education from the time they are born. We, where we, we want to see uh, this early childhood uh, development uh, centers where proper education is actually provided uh, from that early stage. This, uh, this what we call crashes in the township, uh, it's, it's not a place where parents leave their children to go to school. No, I mean to go to work. It must be a place, yes, while you leave your child, uh, while you read work, but at the same time, it's an environment where we, we start preparing them mentally. Because if you intervene at, at uh, university level, you are very late. And I've been raising this matter from the uh, uh, 80s uh, when I was in, in business to uh, when I realized what uh, this tripartite alliance government was doing there. My goodness, guys, we've got a crisis here. These uh, people are just really driving numbers. They're not driving quality. So we need quality education starting the, the, from as early as, as possible. And lastly, ethical leadership. Uh, not lastly, ethical leadership uh, is very key for me. In fact, uh, this morning I had an interview with uh, one white guy in Morningside interested uh, in becoming um, a candidate uh, ward councillor for, for our party in Morningside. And I was saying to them, please, one thing that you must understand, Peter, is that um, I'm happy our team will engage you. But at the end of the day, uh, for you to make yourself available, you'll go through the primaries, which leads uh, to electoral reform. But you've got to really be someone, you are going to be elected by the people. You must be here, please, uh, not to come and serve political parties. I said, uh, for me as a leader of this party, I'm not here to serve political parties. I'm not here to serve Action SA. I'm here to serve society. So you've got to be committed to serving society before political parties. Because if you are thinking you are coming to, 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 to serve your polit uh, political parties, you, you, you're in the wrong party. You must here be here to be committed to self society. Use action as a as a vehicle to self society. So people of this country must come first before political parties, and that's really what we do. That is why this leads me to the last core value of electoral reform, where we want to give South Africans an opportunity to directly elect public representatives. For you to be a ward councillor, we are going to, as a section as a, we commit to run primaries where people must, uh, yes, raise your hand, Peter or, or Zamo, to be interested in being a ward councillor for your area. But ultimately, before we can submit your name to the, um, the IEC, you'll go through a rigorous process of going out to tell people in your community. And they are the ones who are going to decide uh, between you or amongst you and others, because you're not the only one that raises. If obviously we end up with only one person, people will decide. But fortunate enough, with 160,000 volunteers already registered, we know we're going to end up with more than one person per each ward. To, uh, and then we'll put them to society, and society can really decide who becomes their public representative. These are non-negotiable core values, but then obviously in terms of uh, um, expanding on this, you've got to visit our, our, uh, our website. If I've got to go through each one of them, will take uh, more than an hour to just go yeah. through the expansion <laughs> of each one. No, no, it, it, it's understandable. Um, a very quick follow-up for me. Uh, in a country like South Africa uh, with uh, 
a very terrible history of uh, racial divisions. Uh, there are a number of people who are going to ask Mr. Mashaba, uh, which, which is what I'm going to ask you now. Uh, to what extent is race an issue in our public discourse? And if I could just expand on that question, um, you have uh, expressed views, for instance, on affirmative action, you have expressed views on BE, etc., etc., which are the policies of government or the, 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 the ANC government has put it that they are seeking to, to, to redress the imbalances of the past. And even today, you have, from time to time, we see pockets of, uh, of, uh, of um, remnants of racism. Uh, the issue of uh, um, um, uh, your black and Indian doctors, for instance, uh, just last week that uh, was, 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 was being spoken about. It's a manifestation of the continuing tensions, racial tensions in the country. Now, when you look at the country from an economic point of view, and like, the nice thing is you are a business person yourself, there are a number of concerns that your black, uh, your emerging black people have expressed around, for instance, issues of access to capital, arguing that capital is still predominantly white, that they cannot have uh, as much assistance as they would want to have, as opposed to their white counterparts. So, to that extent, there seems to be, um, you know, this need to engage honestly and robustly on the question of racism. Does does that does 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 race in your in your view? play a, a, an important um, uh, part in the, in, in the national discourse? Let me tell you, Zamo, if South Africans uh, give me the mandate, give Action SA the mandate come 2024, within months, we will scrap uh, uh, this um, patronage network uh, policies of the ANC called uh, BEE, mm. because uh, I made it really very clear uh, uh, after discovering that uh, this uh, system has got nothing to do with the empowerment of uh, black people majority. And, and I think, well, I don't think anyone can question, uh, there's more than enough evidence of uh, this um, ANCB policies were there to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to empower cadres more than uh, just ordinary South Africans. And, and uh, as soon as I realized this, you remember many years I've been raising this, that guys, you promised us that uh, this is um, broad-based B, and some of us supported this, you said, this is a good idea. But at the end of the day, uh, guys, you've got to then practice uh, this. It cannot really be for politicians. That's why they've turned overnight uh, multi-billionaires, um, multi-millionaires and so forth. And to where, where are the majority of our people today? They live in squalor. Where's than they lived uh, during their, 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 their apartheid days. We need to... So, 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 so the question, uh, sorry, Mr. Masha, but the question then is, how do you bring black people um, to the mainstream economy? What, what, what does Action SA propose? as you know, given, given your views on BE, for instance. Um, how do you bring Zama uh, you know, into the mainstream economy as disadvantaged as he, well, it's arguable whether I still am disadvantaged, but historically disadvantaged. Um, how do you bring uh, those people into the mainstream economy, for instance? Zama, uh, a section as a, if I need to really bring it into real mainstream of the economy and give you the independence that you are not dependent on government, 
I've got to make sure that I give you the best education in the town. You must invest uh, seriously money into our townships and our and, and the villages to make sure that uh, kids coming out of those communities they get the best education ever. Mm. So once you are qualified, um, I've got to ensure that uh, there are job opportunities. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, not just job opportunities, because we don't want an education that trains you to be an employee. We've got to really train you to really be an employer. But for you to be an employer, that means we've got to skill you. Uh, artisan type training, plumbers, uh, electricians, uh, doctors, uh, psychologists, uh, social workers. We've got to really prepare you for this so that you are independent. And the only way we can do this, it means we've got to invest deliberately investment. We've got to really be unapologetic about uh, spending money uh, in these communities uh, so that we get them out of a perpetual uh, suffering. We're not going to do, to, to do this by Gazama um, put you with Mr. Grunewald. Uh, Mr. Grunewald makes you a, a, a multi-billionaire and we think billionaire, but uh, millions of people live in squalor. Are you aware of people here in Alexander, which is uh, just across the, 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 the freeway from where I live? People don't have toilets. People don't have water. Village where I was born and raised, we, I was raised in a village where we never used to really have water. There's, they don't have water, but they've got two pipes in one in one, in one yard. I mean, how weird can this really be? Where they they get they get a, a, a tenderpreneur uh, to connect water, and then a few years later, the taps run dry. Then instead of fixing the problem, they give another tender to, to another tenderpreneur that uh, brings in another tap, but with no source of water. I can take you to not one, not two, not three communities where you've got two, three taps, but all of them, there's, there's just no water. You look at um, how we've collapsed our, 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 our public uh, rail network and, and, and buses. Who suffers? Not you, Zama, you've got a car. You can drive around anytime, get into your car to go wherever you'd like. Majority of our South Africans, we relied on, 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 on the rail network when we grew up. How many rail uh, network is still operational? Because all public transport system is meant for the poor people to be able to move around uh, the, uh, quickly and cheaper and efficiently and safe. We, we don't have such uh, things for, for our people. Uh, the, the whites and, and the, the few Zamas, uh, Zamas you, you can have cars get into a car tomorrow. That's why it's all that these issues are not important for the DA because uh, the, the whites have got cars that can get into a car tomorrow uh, to go to work. But uh, my uncle in Haramodze, you know, for, for him to come to, to work in Pretoria, yeah, he's got to use an, an expensive taxi, unreliable. In the past, they used to use uh, trains from Abopane, from Soweto. You know, trains in, so from Soweto, mm-hmm. you know, don't, 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 don't operate. I'm saying this, create, equal, uh, provide the best education ever 
for, for, for the masses of our people and be unapologetic. Make sure that you hire the best uh, the, the teachers in these communities and pay them well so that uh, you know you're going to really get the outcomes. The universities, you know, I was at the University of the North. I'm looking at, I'm ashamed that uh, a university like that is not the kind of university that I would really send my, my kid to. But when the new South Africa was born, I was thinking and hoping that those type of universities are going to be the envy of black kids actually to get uh, to, uh, to get uh, admitted in those universities because I thought a black government is going to ensure that universities like Teflo, um, uh, all these former uh, the Bantu State universities are going to really be the cream of education. Medunsa, uh, what they did. I don't know how many times they've changed the name of that institution. That used to produce uh, some of the best, best black doctors when, when, when I grew up. Today, go to uni that uni university in Harangua. You, you'll feel ashamed that can this really be a medical university? Whereas we should have actually capacitated the university, make it the cream of producing the best black doctors. Because once you have used that kind of approach, it's sustainable, it, it is genuine, and it, it's something that uh, no one can, uh, can, uh, can worry about. The thing is now, what ANC focused on with our, uh, the, the BE policies was on uh, the getting wiser to give us uh, handouts. And, uh, and, and obviously what happens is that they did not even allow this handout to be given to ordinary blacks. Black entrepreneurs who are not politically connected, you won't get a, a, a B deal because um, ANC will object to this. I can give an example, so many examples of, uh, of B. Obviously, I think I'm doing a big uh, project. There'll be a book out in 2022 that will, will show you the evil of uh, the system, practical uh, and rarely in, in elaborate why this system was evil. It was not just really criminal because it was not really focused on the real empowerment of, of black people. But at the end of the day, black voters are the ones who must make a decision. If they want to continue living like this and eventually with the with country collapsing like what happened in Zimbabwe, you're not gonna get a different outcome. I'm committed to this project of our people because uh, 26 years uh, into the new democracy, it pains me to see our people living in squalor, to see a community living without a toilet in the city of Johannesburg. Mm. You know, factories all over the country. You know, South Africa is the only country in the world with trillions of uh, uh, infrastructure of factories that are lying empty. Cosad mm. to close them down one after the other. These are factories that we should really be giving them to, to, uh, to entrepreneurs uh, who are today doing some amazing work. You can go into your townships. Uh, you look at guys uh, running furniture, uh, whatever, operating from their garage in Shawela or whatever. When we've got massive factories, industrial areas that are like empty, I'm saying give them to those guys, get the banks to, to really finance them, give them tax breaks, for many years, depending how much they're going to invest and employ our people in Amanskral, in Kwatwa, in Mtata, in Mafi King, and so forth. That, that is really, for me, what empowerment is all about. Empowerment is not about the white men uh, the, the, the 
uh, asking me to come and sign a, a, a deal and make me a, a chairman. I don't even attend uh, board meetings and they tell me my role uh, is the door opening. I think it's an insult on us as black people. Our role uh, to be the, the, the stakeholder the, the, the managers. No, that is not empowerment. It's actually an insult uh, to whites. Actually, if you look at um, uh, black economic empowerment of uh, ANC, who made the money? Captains of industry, white business, and uh, ANC caters. That they are the biggest um, the, uh, the, the beneficiaries of this. Whites, uh, white business made more money under BE than they made under the apartheid uh, government. Uh, Mr. Machaba, on uh, now that you've come in into this uh, economic conversation, um, if if I may uh, bring you into the now, uh, if you look at um, COVID nineteen and how government has responded uh, to this pandemic, what um, what do you make of government's response to the country's economic recovery, and what would you do differently as Action XA if you were in the in government at this stage dealing with this pandemic. Look, Calvin, I think we need to really be honest when we engaged. Uh, when we engage, I think uh, COVID nineteen um, it's a difficult, complex matter for any government anywhere in the world. You can you can see even developed uh, countries are still really battling to to deal uh, with this uh, pandemic. The most unfortunate part about South Africa is that uh, the ANC government under President Cyril Ramaphosa. Uh, so this is an opportunity to loot. When we were facing a pandemic, immediately um, imposed um, uh, uh, restrictions, which um, personally immediately applauded the president uh, for, for, for coming out with measures uh, to close down the, uh, the economy with the hope that uh, this was in preparation of our health and other structures so that we can deal with, 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 the, with the challenges. Unfortunately, the, for them, this was an opportunity to do, which is really very sad. And we look at today, we are dealing with the, with the, with the challenge of the 430 million rands uh, of the Houting uh, Department of Education. Look at uh, um, when the PPP scandal started with the 500 billion green stimulus package that the president um, um, spoke about or released. Where did the, 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 the corruption start? It started in the president's office. Our kids cannot go to school today uh, because uh, our government is not ready. Our hospitals are worse off than uh, prior um, uh, COVID-19. So I'm saying is, I think if you can have uh, a professional public service, you can have the rule of law that anyone steals public money, there'll be consequences. Um, you know, you will be able to, to defeat and, and win against some of the issues of this complex nature of what uh, this COVID-19 is presenting to us. But when uh, you use uh, COVID-19 as an opportunity to steal, you, you, you have uh, senior politicians uh, not aware that they're not wearing masks and they expect us, we must believe them that, um, yeah, you know, they, they were not aware that uh, they, they were not wearing masks. You know, 
once you, st- you, you, you come out with uh, uh, dealing with, uh, you, with South Africa like that, where there's no uh, ethical, moral com- compass of the society, it's a problem. There are no consequences uh, for, for bad uh, behavior. So, and ensure that you use your best resources. I'm sure you're aware, um, you know, uh, I remember in uh, late December, what came to my attention and I got very angry, immediately launched a, a petition. I discovered I was reading one of the papers uh, of 500 highly qualified doctors, unemployed uh, South African government, not exp- uh, uh, employing them. I immediately contacted uh, SAMA, the South African Medical Asso- uh, uh, Association to, to, to say, is this true what I'm, I'm reading in the paper? And only to find it is true. And in fact, it made my life even more, gave me much more high blood pressure to say, no, these people actually had frozen 40,000 jobs uh, in, 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 in the medical profession. That's why we then launched a program, uh, a project called um, Hire Our Medical Heroes. Uh, but I'm glad uh, last week uh, they approached Sama that we give them um, um, the, the list of uh, that because I wanted um, to really get my own scientific uh, evidence so that when I engage government, I engage them with facts. And, um, and, the, and uh, yeah. already, I mean, when they approached us, we had uh, uh, we've given them over 800 unemployed, uh, qualified doctors, but we had the money to bring in. Um, the, uh, uh, basic doctors uh, from um, from Cuba. You know, I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of the the the, the medical training that um, that is uh, that is uh, uh, presented in in uh, in Cuba. It's uh, on primary healthcare. Cuba, as I'm talking to you, they don't have disciplines. They don't have uh, the, the right um, uh, equipment uh, to really deal with sophisticated healthcare challenges. But we can go and train our kids in uh, from the town, from the townships and villages. We take them to Cuba. You know, the first year, you know what happens to our kids when they get to Cuba. The first year they spend on learning Spanish because uh, the education is run in in Spanish. So, you know, you can imagine the 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 the, the year that you you are you are wasting instead of capacitating our own infrastructure. Medunsa would have made it a bigger this thing with Harangua Hospital next to it, Johannesburg Hospital with, with vets and, and so forth. You know, what uh, South African government decided to do is to invest uh, in, um, uh, in, in, in Cuban doctors. But we know the whole idea is not about South Africans. It's about obviously paying back uh, Cuba for whatever, for what only really God knows. So. COVID-19 is a, it's a complex uh, matter. It requires a professional public service. It, it requires uh, um, ethical leadership. People who are prepared to save society. People who put South Africa before their political parties. Okay, um, let's leave uh, before before my, my colleagues come in. Um, what, what do you make of the president's uh, economic recovery plan that he presented last year? Do you think it's realistic? From Which one? 
the one that was because he's, pre he's presented uh, so many. There's not a, a, a year that is not uh, presented. In fact, the ANC they've been presenting plans for the last 26 years. And uh, tell me what, what, pl what plan? Because every time they present a plan, the economy goes south. So. I don't know. Is there a plan on the table? Okay. I'm not I, I, I take it you, you don't believe in it then. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not a question. I don't believe. What plan, Calvin? Please start. Uh, maybe, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm stupid or, or I've got a blind spot. Please tell me which plan. Uh, some of the things <laughs> that... Uh, but the conferences, <laughs> having a conference. No, no, no. Uh, for instance, there's the infrastructure projects that uh, will be launched to, in order to stimulate the economy, which forms part of the plan as well, and as well as uh, reducing some of the red tape and addressing some of the regulatory issues facing the country in order to attract investment. That formed part of the president's plan last year. So... Um, my, Have my you seen is, any... Yeah. Okay, okay, but let, let me put to that. And I'm, I'm and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in total, total good faith. Yeah. All the issues that our president has expressed and articulated, um, if you've got to rate them on a scale of uh, one to 10 in terms of implementation, for me, I can tell you that uh, if I give them 1%, one out of 10, I'll be generous. I don't know what your assessment is. In terms of implementation, <laughs> honestly, if I have to be, if I give them one, I'll be generous. <laughs> and and you don't have to tell me, I will leave it to you. Because there's one thing for someone to articulate an expression, whatever, but it's one thing for implementation. And I'll leave it to you guys, the South Africans, to judge for yourselves. Mm. Okay. Um, I, can tell, I can tell you how I will judge them. And I'll be very generous. I'll I'll give the president one out of ten. <laughs> no, no ten. Uh, and okay. I'm being generous. <laughs> yes, Pearl. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Mashaba, for your insight so far. Uh, I think it's been really helpful in just helping to better understand what the party stands for. Um, now, just refocusing our attention on this year. Uh, it's a big year for the party. It's your first time contesting the local government elections. Um, now, I just want to know from you, um, considering that this party, you know, it's, it's still a newbie, the new kid around the block, right? Um, how, how do you assess your performance, you know, to be considering that you're still young um, in the game as a party, as an organization? And then a follow up to that is how has, you know, what has been the extent of the support on the ground? with whatever campaigns that you've been running. Um, and lastly, lastly, it's a very loaded question, right? <laughs> but lastly, I just want to know, um, you are then voted ne, into power in all these different places. What key mm. changes do you want to see happen? Okay. Um, well, look, you know, women are always tough. Huh? Um, you're asking questions, tough questions like my wife uh, and my daughter. <laughs> I know always when always, I engage. Always in trouble. <laughs> you know, I know when I engage with them, I've got to think twice. Men is easy because I grew up with them being naughty, and we our, our brain is focused on 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 wrong things. Whereas women, um, they apply their minds. In, uh, <laughs> when you engage with them, you've got you've got to think uh, because uh, you're not just dealing with an ordinary man. I think, Capel. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I think one uh, recognizes that we're a new kid on the block. Let me tell you something about uh, my personal life. Um, and, and also I will refer this to my grandfather. You know, I was born on the 26th of August, 1959. Um, I don't know what happened for my grandfather to have been home on this particular day when uh, I jumped out of my mother's body. Um, and my grandfather was this proud Shangan man. And uh, uh, that day, the entire community of that village knew that um, I was born and went around literally that day. Um, everyone in the village knew that uh, my mother had given birth uh, to a boy and he called me high man, mm. you know. Um, and, uh, Throughout my upbringing, when uh, my father, my grandfather was alive until his passing in 1977, um, I used to actually believe that my grandfather is unfair to me because uh, um, his expectations of me uh, when I was growing up, I said, no, but my grandfather is really un unfair to me because putting undue pressure on me because he wanted me to succeed. It was it, uh, for, 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 for him. Everything that he taught me was that whatever I do, I must do it to succeed. So, as Action SA, we are not in this uh, game uh, to play second fiddle. We are here to win. But at the end of the day, we know we, we, are, we live in a real world. Uh, you can have all the best intentions in the world. Will you always win? Definitely not. It's guaranteed that you're not going to win all the battles. But I think uh, I look back at my 61 years of life uh, and I look at uh, the, uh, the, my endeavors. Um, I've succeeded more than I've actually failed. And the reason why I've succeeded is because um, I was taught that life and I've accepted that life is not perfect. And as human beings, God has given us this little brain to use to navigate uh, the, the challenges. So we're confident we are in this game to really win. That is why our strategic position right now, we're focusing on the three metros in, in Houghton. That is uh, Johannesburg, Tswane, and Ikuruleni, where ANC is already under 50%. And we know that ANC come the next elections, they are going to see the biggest drop in, 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 in the history of the new democracy. So there's a huge opportunity. That's why we want to focus. And we are appealing to South Africans outside uh, these municipalities to say, look, you know what? We are not going to contest all 278 municipalities. It's not humanly possible. Allow us to be strategic. Focus on winnable uh, metros. Uh, we might obviously right now, we might uh, uh, consider Etiquini and, uh, and Cape Town. And I think that's all. I think it'll take a, uh, some convincing for anyone to get us uh, to, to move out of the three metros to consider Cape Town and, and Ikuruleni. Our provincial uh, chairpersons are really putting together a plan to convince us that, um, that uh, those two municipalities, Cape Town, we can bring the, D, the DA under 50% and we can be the king makers. And Etiquini, uh, uh, we believe uh, we can be the majority party and, and put together a coalition with the others. But the three in housing, those ones, 
we, we're confident of getting an outright uh, majority and we're working towards that. And the reason why we're working towards that leads me to your second question about the support. You know, we won political party. When I launched the party on the 26th, on the 29th of August last year, remember I announced that we were, by then we had, had 60,000 registered volunteers who are doing some amazing work. As I'm talking to you right now, we've got over 160,000 registered vote, uh, volunteers. I challenge you, you can go in any of our platforms, you can see live, or live what people are doing, being in Fuleni or being Kwamashu, be in Sishiro, uh, everywhere. We've got structures that uh, honestly, I never believed uh, attainable. I think uh, our team under Funzin Gubendi, who's our director of operation, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's honestly, for me, it's beyond belief. You can visit, you can follow on my Twitter, or my Facebook. You, you look at um, people because we are now already at a stage where we asking people to raise their hands who are interested in becoming public representatives for, for our organization. Just have a look at the quality of, uh, of, of people who are raising their hands uh, uh, to be our public representatives. We'll, we'll be a party when we present uh, our council, our ward councillors, you will see you're going to have quality because these are people who are going to be elected, not by us. Us as a party, we saying raise your hand, we will vet you. And if we are happy, we will then run primaries. The people in uh, the people in your community are the ones who are going to um, to ensure that uh, um, you are elected and we present uh, your name to to the IEC for people to go and vote you. Because you can imagine the system we are using on the day of uh, IEC elections. You can imagine if people are already happy that Pell is our ward councillor on the day of voting, Pell you are going to go out to make sure that your preferred uh, candidate is voted in. And uh, what is interesting about um, the process of the People's Dialogue has given us some very, very interesting, crucial insights. Uh, in fact, even this morning, we had uh, one of the training sessions run by one of our colleagues. If we look at the people we've reached, uh, what is encouraging are, are the youth. We've got scientific evidences because people obviously gave us submissions and so forth. We appeal to the youth uh, from uh, 16 to 34. They're 65%. The same thing from your Twitter account. There's just a lot of young people engaging with Action SA. You know, so that is really for, 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 for me, really what is encouraging because we, we're sitting with a low hanging fruit of 18.3 million South Africans who did not vote the last time. And, the and we went into finding out why they did not vote, because there was no political party that appealed to them. And it appears uh, to, uh, that we right now, we are the party that's actually talking to them, but we'll continue talking to them. We'll see our resources is to actually talk to, to, to this audience. We are not uh, going, if ever we, we happen to get uh, uh, people from the ANC and the DA, that's good luck to us. Our focus is to really talk to this uh, there are 18.3 million people who felt disenfranchised that we are the party for them. And we know in the process, uh, we are going to attract other people from other parties. I think if you look at what happened uh, on, on Monday, um, 
how many EFF people resign on, uh, on, on Twitter? Um, because it was it last week when I, when I reported Malema to, uh, to, uh, to Parliament uh, mm. about open borders. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, people who have been staunch uh, EFF supporters, uh, staunch ANC people saying, what the hell is this? Uh, that you are we are unemployed. Uh, we, we've got our own issue. Forget about, I voted for you, for, forget about my vote. You and the ANC, you'll never see our, our vote. We want a party that's there to release them for us as South Africans. And uh, we, we are a party for South Africans of all the races, uh, creed or gender, we, we, we that party. And I really like uh, uh, to see that happening. And uh, it looks like uh, we stand a very, very good chance of um, actually changing the landscape of uh, the politics in this country and save for this country that it's in a big hole from collapsing like what happened to Zimbabwe. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mashaba. And uh, on that note, uh, uh, we, we've reached, uh, unfortunately, we've reached the end of our our podcast, our conversation. It was uh, truly, no, I think, uh, Calvin, yes. voice, I think for me it's fortunate that uh, um, uh, uh, I'm now getting off from being interrogated by three. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think certainly there's a lot that, that uh, we can go through. So I would, I would like to request a, a follow-up. Uh, I think, uh, We'll, we'll be watching the development, development closely. And uh, if, if you could uh, just uh, open the door for us to call you next time so that we can follow up of some of the things you said in this podcast and some of the things that will be happening uh, regarding Action SA so that we can come back and have a conversation about those things, those uh, developments that will be happening. That would be appreciated um, from us. I am at your mercy. Lerato is there. You, you all guys organize uh, through him. She's our national spokesperson. And uh, for me, why I accepted um, this invitation? Because it is a very important engagement. We need to really be robust. We need to be honest uh, with one another because mm -hmm. I believe very strongly in, 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 in credibility and reputation. Because the reputation, that's all I've got. Um, yes. That's the most important uh, asset that I have. It's, it's my reputation. Uh, and, and that's something that I will do everything possible in, in, in my part to protect. I'm not the kind of person, Kelvin, that one day I will stand uh, on offense on any subject matter. Mm. So, to, on any matter, more especially of critical importance, I can't stand on offense. Well, if I believe in a thing, I'm going to say, look, you know, I won't play a political game with you. Uh, I will be ready to be honest with you. I can do a thing or I can't. Do I change my mind from time to time? I'm a, I'm a human being. I can tell you I've got many years of running business where we believe in a, um, a marketing approach to launch a particular product. And uh, we discover six months later that, guys, this is not working. Let's change our, our plan. That's how human beings succeed in life. But I think for me, it's important. I'm trained to make decisions. <laughs> Making decisions is second nature. <laughs> you know, and if, if that mistake, if, if that decision that I made today uh, is not the right decision, you know what? 
I will, uh, I've been trained to change it because it doesn't really mean that uh, I launch a product today and I can see, my goodness, there are no sales coming through and I must just keep on doing uh, um, exactly what I've been failing and expecting different outcomes. No. Right now, the things that I've shared with you, things that I believe in, are they, um, are they all of them going to work? I hope they do. But if they don't, I can tell you, I won't really hesitate uh, to say to the team, you know what, what we had in mind with all the best intentions you can see is not working. We need another plan and we've got to make a decision. And that's something that um, I'm not shy to do in making decisions. I was born to make decisions. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mashawa. Thank you for your time. Uh, from my colleagues as well, from Frontline Africa Advisory, thank you, thank you. To keep up to date with public policy and current affairs, follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on LinkedIn as Frontline Africa Advisory, Twitter at FAA underscore advisory, Facebook, Frontline Africa Advisory, YouTube, Frontline Conversations, and our website, www.frontlineafrica.co.za. You don't want to